Tisha's virtual couch. Happy September to you and happy National Suicide Prevention Month. Every September, we commemorate National Suicide Prevention Month. It's a time we professionals and laypersons alike raise awareness about the seriousness of suicide as a serious public health problem and to highlight the role that everyone plays in preventing suicide. Yes, me as a professional and you as a layperson or a professional listening in, we all have the same role, or I would say responsibility because our roles are gonna be kind of different, but we have the same responsibility to do what we need to do to bring awareness to prevent suicide. Now, part of making Suicide Prevention Month a success is having the right resources to communicate and the right messages to bring awareness to increase prevention efforts to make it more comfortable to talk about suicide. I know a lot of times we may hear like if we talk about suicide, it's going to make someone want to commit suicide. And that is a myth. Actually, when we talk more about it, People are more comfortable to discuss what's going on internally with themselves. And we are more educated on the signs, like what to look for within other people that could be in our family, our friends, co-workers. And so bringing awareness also helps us to see the signs, recognize the signs, because sometimes we miss those things, right? So... When I return, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the topic of suicide. So please come back, go get your water, whatever you need to do to be comfortable. Um, because this is a little topic that may be a little heavy for you, but it's it's needed. You know, sometimes I will have a disclaimer say, oh, you know, if it's too heavy for you, you know, you may want to sit this one out. But I think everyone needs to listen to this one. OK, so please stay tuned and come back after this break. The information provided on this platform is for informational purposes only. If you ever find yourself becoming triggered, please refrain from listening. If you ever feel like you want to hurt yourself or hurt someone else, please dial 911 or report to your nearest emergency room. Thank you. According to Psychology Today, suicide is a difficult topic, but silence can have tragic results. 
and those who serve as sounding boards and trusted confidants for a loved one who may be contemplating suicide need the necessary resources to help them navigate in that role. It's important to remember that suicide reaches far beyond the individuals who are having suicidal thoughts. Those around them, including family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, associates are all impacted as well. When a person commits suicide, it may leave those left behind very devastated and drowning in many different emotions, including those associated with the stages of grief, confusion, and so forth. While a suicidal person may not directly ask for help, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't want help. So what can someone do to help? Let's go over some warning signs to help you recognize someone who may be contemplating suicide. One of the things they may do is talk about suicide. So pay attention and don't take it as a joke. Something else that may occur, looking for access to guns, pills, knives, etc. So pay attention to that as well. Having a preoccupation with death. Are they talking about death? Are they so um, enthralled with things that are gory? And you may want to pay attention to that as well. Sudden move swings or personality changes. Are they different than before? Like what is their status quo? Are they acting a little bit strange? Are they moved up and down and did they have a sudden personality shift? You may want to pay attention to that. Hopelessness. That's another sign. Self-loathing and hatred. Are they speaking things about themselves? Um, for instance, are they saying things about their appearance? Are saying that they hate themselves and they hate living? And yeah, you may want to pay attention to that as well neglecting appearance you know did they once have a neat appearance and now are they looking more disheveled definitely pay attention to that that's a sign changes in eating and sleeping patterns this is something that i always ask when i'm doing an assessment completing an assessment with a client i'm always asking about eating and sleeping um and this is a telltale sign as well because, and I won't really go into detail, but you know, when you're eating, that shows that you are caring about your body and you know, in your quality of life and you're thriving and sleeping as well. And as you um, also know, and I think I've spoken about this in other episodes, you know, sleeping can definitely have an impact on your mood um, if you're not getting enough sleep. And if you're sleeping a little bit too much, it's a telltale sign up there. Could be some depression there. Saying goodbye. Um, are they, is there a letter? And are they visiting friends and family and making their farewells? You may want to look at that, okay? Now, this is not your typical, I'm going on vacation and, you know, I'll be back. But are they given like um, final goodbyes. And so you may want to pay attention to that as well. And this um, can also be in the form of a letter. As you know, we look at movies a lot, suicidal letters, not saying that this always occur, but uh, if they are giving things away, if they're writing letters to people saying goodbye, you definitely want to ask more questions and probe. Okay. 
withdrawal? Are they more withdrawn than before, isolating themselves? And um, this is not the typical person who is kind of a loner anyway. Again, it's going to be changes in your mood and um, changes from your, their typical personality, okay? Self-destructive behavior, if they're doing things that um, that is uh, more risky, if are they doing things that are more erratic um, than before? Now, some people are just daredevils and stuff, right? But you still want to look at that too. You know, I will say there is no question that's dumb. You know, if they say, oh my God, I would never want to do that. You know, okay. But you still may want to ask even more so because guess what? Like I said before, a person who is wanting to commit suicide, because um, I know there's a lot of guilt. Oh my God, did I recognize the signs? And a lot of times we do miss signs, right? But someone who is wanting to really do this, they're going to do it. I tell people they're going to do it. But sometimes and oftentimes, people just want to see if someone care and if they notice. Okay, so I know that was a little heavy. (laughs) So let's take a short break. And I want to come back and discuss some suicide prevention tips um, a little bit deeper, okay? Um, I know these were some of the warning signs, but I want to give you some tips after this break. So please come back. Well, as we mentioned, we do begin a new month today. And in this new month, we recognize mental health like we try to do every month. But September, especially important, it is National Suicide Prevention Month. And according to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the United States averages 130 suicides a day. It's a jarring statistic. So it's something we like to shine a light on and reflect on mental health as advocates and communities. They come together to promote suicide prevention awareness. So this morning, we welcome Dr. David Rizuko from Priority Health into our studio. Thank you so much for being here. As we mentioned, Thank you very much for having me. a heavy topic, but an important one to talk about because there yeah. is this stigma around issues like this. So mm-hmm. what do we do to recognize this month? Yeah, so really, that's probably the first thing that we start with is just really addressing mental health as, uh, you know, in terms of a stigma, thinking more about it's really brain health. Like so folks really don't uh, have a concern about going to their physician for any physical ailment problem with their heart or a problem with their lungs, uh, but when it comes to, to, to the mind or the brain, mm-hmm. uh, someone somewhat reticent to do that. So maybe we flip that and just call it brain health instead of mental health. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this affects all ages. And so what do parents need to know? And, and you know, what do they need to know for themselves, too, sure. about checking in on that brain health? Sure. So one of the things that you, you mentioned is the really sobering statistic. Uh, you know, suicide is still in the top three of causes of death for young ones and adolescents. And one in five adults will actually experience some form of significant mental health or mental illness uh, throughout this year alone. Mm. So some of those early warning signs maybe uh, changes in personality, uh, maybe uh, school performance may, uh, may change. We may find that uh, substance use or abuse um, or other aggressive type tendencies or even something as simple as someone just commenting about, you know, thoughts of self-harm or harm to someone else. Mm -hmm. Those are all some of the warning signs that maybe we would want to pick up and intervene. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say a parent does see maybe some of these warning signs or, or, you know, a spouse or a friend. How do they go about having that difficult conversation? Yeah, so uh, demystify it. It can be something as simple as saying, 
hey, I've noticed such and such behavior. I'm concerned. I want to help. I'm here with you. And so even, even those initial early comments, just to give folks the understanding that we are here and we're listening and we can help you. At Priority Health, uh, we've got a 1-800 number uh, that you can reach a behavioral health professional uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's free. It's confidential. Uh, you'll be connected with a behavioral health person who can direct uh, to uh, services in the moment or follow-up services. We've also got additional services out of uh, SAMHSA, which is 988lifeline.org, mm -hmm. uh, and that's similar, a 24-hour behavioral health specialist, uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to access uh, in the moment. And I know that folks are now able to call and text that 988 number, which could make a big difference. Correct. And so that's some of the initial services, but at Priority Health, we also have digital services. So mm -hmm. again, back to the reticence of actually going and seeing someone in person, uh, we've got a digital tool called the MyStrength, uh, which mm -hmm. is actually something that you can download on your uh, phone, on your PC at home, uh, and it's a self-directed tutorial uh, that you can kind of do at your own pace, again, confidential in your own home, uh, for intervention and services. Y'all enjoy the break and find a spot on the virtual couch and get ready to hear our girl Letitia drop some more gems on ya. Drop some more gems on them, Letitia. Drop some more gems on them. Welcome back. So prior to the break, I did go over some warning signs and I wanted to go further and um, discuss some tips, but I wanted to go over the warning signs again and just add a little bit more to it. Okay. So warning signs of suicide includes talking about suicide, you know, the just talking about it. If the, you see someone who is just interested in suicide and asking questions about it, I'm not saying that an individual can just ask questions for the sake of wanting to know more about it, but you may want to probe and see why they are so interested, okay? Because that can definitely be a warning sign. Looking for access to guns, pills, knives, or any other weapon that you feel that somebody may be um, looking to harm themselves. Having a preoccupation with death, sudden mood swings, or personality changes from the status quo, Hopelessness and worthlessness, self-loathing slash hatred, neglecting one's appearance or grooming, changes in eating and sleeping patterns, saying goodbye via letters or um, verbally saying goodbye, giving away things. Those are very big signs, okay? Withdrawal or isolation if they don't want to interact with anyone and they were pretty much a social butterfly before, that may be a sign self-destructive behaviors and i wanted to add um some groups who may be more susceptible to suicide before since i didn't add that okay um yeah these are various populations that may be more susceptible to suicide older white men and that's like anywhere from 65 and older and um yeah because it's not really publicized but the elderly in general um, are more susceptible because, you know, it's the end of life. A lot of times depression setting in, they are um, sometimes the last survivors of their family and circle, their, their friend circle. And so sometimes that can have one 
you know, become very depressed and suicidal. It's not really publicized, but it happens a lot, okay? Newly incarcerated. I worked in prisons before, and so um, the first 24 hours, you definitely want to watch someone who is newly incarcerated. And so I wanted to add that in there. If an individual had a close um, friend or family member who have committed suicide in the past, they are more susceptible, okay? These are some of the things that um, in my assessment when I'm um, completing a psychosocial assessment, if, if you will, or biopsychosocial assessment, these are some of the things that um, if you have had therapy before, if you've been asked these questions, this is why. <laughs> so these are some of the questions that would definitely be on an um, assessment. I also wanted to say adolescents, and if you didn't know, suicide is the second leading cause of death among people 15 to 24 in the U.S. Nearly 20% of high school students report serious thoughts of suicide, and 9% have made, I'm sorry, 9% have made an attempt to take their lives. So yes, really watch your teens, okay? Now there's a such thing as called like a um, contingent. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think it's contingent. And that's when there is um, like a pattern of it happening in your local community or even just within the group. It can um, somewhat take on like a cultural something that's going on, like a pattern. So you definitely want to look at that as well. And a lot of times adolescents are more susceptible to those things happening since adolescents are more apt to follow after trends especially their peer group, okay? So if you are a parent, caregiver, or if you're just an auntie, uncle, whoever, you have a loved one who's a teen, you may want to ask some questions, okay? Pay attention to their behaviors and pay attention to their peer groups as well, okay? Not telling you to be a helicopter parent, <laughs> but in a way, be a helicopter parent, <laughs> You um, want to make sure you are just looking out for some things that could be um, a telltale sign of um, them wanting to harm themselves, okay? If an individual have a pre-existing med uh, medical condition or mental health condition, if you will, because I want to go to medical later. So for right now, a pre-existing mental health disorder, they may be more prone to committing suicide, especially certain disorders, including um, depression, anxiety, um, psychotic disorders, um, and that's including like your schizophrenia, schizoaffective, um, and those, okay? And... Um, if an individual have a significant life-changing event that can leave one in a crisis mode where they're spiraling mentally, and that can be anywhere from natural disasters, um, homelessness, anything that um, pros like a significant life-changing event in their lives where, it's di where it can leave them spiraling. Um, and, and this is even from the most strongest person um, mentally. This can leave anyone um, 
to think about suicide. So don't think that, oh, that person is strong. And and sometimes I think that's where we miss the mark sometimes is when we don't think that that person could have done that, right? I say, look, i rather over accept, um, um, assess <laughs> than under, okay? So let's go into some suicide prevention tips start the conversation and this is by giving the quote-unquote suicidal person the opportunity to share their feelings um, so you can provide some relief sometimes a person just want to have a conversation and this can begin by um by just stating stating have you um you haven't been looking like yourself lately you may want to say that and you'd be surprised. I know sometimes we may think that we are offending someone, but sometimes a person who is suicidal is just wanting someone to ask them that question. And um, I've heard in the past, even with suicidal letters, suicide letters being left, that all I was looking for was someone to ask me if I was okay. So you'd be surprised of um, just asking someone if they're okay, and checking in on them, just seeing how they're doing. Um, it can really do a lot, okay? Remind them that they are not alone and that you are in their corner. And uh, let them know that um, the way that they're feeling now will change and that you care a lot about them. And, and why I state this, <laughs> and I can't stress this enough, of course, we're a community in Checking in on someone doesn't just have to be a professional, but sometimes I think people overstep their boundaries and um, some people just want to always be in the teaching mode. And when you're dealing with mental health, you need to be trained, okay? Or you can do more um, harm than good. And so I've heard all kind of crazy things like um, you're never going to be okay. That is far from the truth. There is light at the end of the tunnel because if you're telling someone that they're not going to ever be okay, why wouldn't they commit suicide, right? So leave it to the professionals if you don't know what you're doing. And I would say leave it to the professionals um, anyway because you're not trained. And again, you can do more harm than good. And a lot of people don't know this, but you can be held liable too. Okay, so stay in your lane. <laughs> For those who always want to be seen and, um, and and it's okay to be a, a student sometime. We don't always have to be in the teacher's seat. If this is not your lane, this is not your lane and that's it. Okay, so enough of that. Um, another thing, another tip is respond quickly. It's important to try to determine if the individual is immediate danger and offer some help. There's a national suicide um, prevention lifeline and I will be providing that at the end of this episode okay now as a professional a part of my assessment is to ascertain the following do an individual have a plan do they um, have what they need to carry out the plan and um, do they have the intent to do it okay and so um these may be some things that you may want to ask too, but of course, leave it to the professionals and call. If all is full, call 911 because they are trained to handle these cases as well. Okay. Now, there are various risk levels that um, as a professional, I, all, um, I also include. 
And low risk mean there's some suicidal thoughts and um, there's no plan and there isn't an attempt, okay? Moderate suicidal thoughts, vague plan says he or she won't attempt suicide. High risk is suicidal thoughts, specific plan says he or she won't attempt suicide. Severe suicidal thoughts, um, specific plan says he or she will attempt suicide, okay? You really don't have to know this. I just wanted to add that. Um, but if they provide you with this information, if you call 911, they may ask you some of this thing, these things. But um, it's really not for you to really know if you're not a professional, the level of risk. That's something that I definitely have to know because when I'm completing uh, my assessment, um, I have to determine if there's going to be, um, if you're in California, it's called 5150, but I'm also licensed in Nevada and it's called um, Legal 2000. And that's basically when someone is um, put on an involunta um, involuntary hold for at least 72 hours. And I say at least 72 hours because it can be increased depending on um, if they continue to need care. And that's a whole nother ball game because then the courts and things have to get involved and all that good stuff to um, up the level and up the um, increase the amount of days that they are hospitalized because it's all legal, right? Because the individual does have mental health rights, okay? And we cannot keep an individual hospitalized or in confinement beyond the time um, of um, beyond 72 hours unless it is deemed that it's necessary. And Again, it can get very complicated, but I won't go into all of that. Okay, um, offer help and su um, support. Trying to help someone who is suicidal can be emotionally challenging. Absolutely. While trying to offer support, remember not to put the responsibility on yourself for making the individual better. You can offer support, but only the individual in question can make the decision to get help and commit to ongoing treatment and therapy, okay? We cannot force anyone to seek treatment. Now, as a professional, if I feel that they are a danger to suffer others, I can go beyond the confidentiality, what you call limits of confidentiality, and make sure that they receive the proper care that they need and that may require involuntary um, hospitalization, okay? All right, now some things that you can do to offer support, I will go into that after this break. Um, yeah, so please come back after this short break. Hey, welcome to Letitia's Audience Concept. Don't forget to drop those voice messages on the Anchor app. And email Letitia at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com. Now, let's listen in. If you or someone you love are having thoughts of committing suicide, please call the National Suicide Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call 1-800-273-TALK. You are not alone. Wasn't that so fire? 
I hope you enjoyed your time on the virtual couch with our girl Letitia on Letitia's virtual couch. You did that, Letitia. Individuals that are suffering from substance abuse issues um, are a part of the group that we should be looking out for as well. So that's part of the risk factors, okay? But another group that I didn't mention, that is gradually rising, sadly, African-American men, black men, yes. And so I know in past episodes, I have alluded to some of the reasons why there is a distrust for mental health and medical, the medical field in general. There's a historical context behind that, right? So I won't spend a lot of time on that, but we know why um, some of the systematic racism and prejudices that we deal with from the medical field, I get it. As a black woman, I get it. Um, Other groups may not, but we have to demystify any racist stigma in our community because so many people are we're losing a lot of lives from people just not um speaking up and just having a overall distrust for medical field and just the pathological trends and cultural patterns that we have developed because of it not really speaking about what's going on with us so we have to we have to deal with this okay So one of my plights of my podcast is to erase the stigma of mental health, erase the taboo that's attached, especially to the African-American culture, okay? The African-American Black community. Now, there's a stigma overall for mental health in general because just like the clip alluded to, just even changing the language can help brain health. Um, or mental wellness, because it seems like when we hear mental illness and things of that sort, people just like uh, run away from it, right? So whatever it takes to save lives, I'm all on board. And so I can't do it by myself. We need lay persons out there as well, individuals who are not in the profession. However, we still need to be responsible because even if you're not in the profession, of course, we need all hands on deck. We definitely do, but you also have to know what is your role and what isn't. So you have to stay in your lane, and I don't want to be harsh saying that, but you have to know what's within your scope or you can do more harm, okay? So learn the risk factors, have conversations, make mental health where it's a thing that is so common as talking about milk (laughs) or getting eggs from the grocery store. The more we talk about it, the more we're able to demystify um, mental health, okay? And I want it to um, become where it's not so taboo. And I will say, and I've stated this before in past episodes as well, we have come a long way, but we have a long way to go. I remember back in the day, you just didn't talk about mental health, right? That was something that happened over there to those people (laughs) and definitely not in the African-American community where now I can say 
people are going to therapy. Black people are going to therapy. You know how I know? Because I'm a therapist and I have a lot of black people that I see, specifically men. I see more men than women. Who knew that I would ever (laughs) say that I see more black men than women? So we are doing better than what we have in the past. We are making some great strides. And so I couldn't do this without you. So please spread the word. September is National Suicide Prevention Month. Have conversations. If you want to have workshops, do some videos, post about it, and go to therapy yourselves. You know, sometimes... The strong friend sometimes needs the the most um, attention, okay? Check on your strong friends. And I think I've said that before, but if I haven't, I'm saying it now. Check on the friends that seem like they don't need any help. Because those are the people that people usually don't check on, okay? And if you're the strong friend, I'm talking to you. Learn to say no. Establish boundaries. Cut off your phone. Take vacations. Have a spa day. Have a beach day. Do whatever you need to do to fill your cup, okay? You cannot fill your cup always pouring into other people. You need to put on your oxygen mask on first, just like if you were in the airplane. Why do they tell you to do that? Because you can't pass out. (laughs) If you pass out and you... um are out of commission, how can you help other people? Well, the same thing applies here, okay? So I'm not gonna um, stay on my rant for too long (laughs) because I want you to enjoy yourself and I want you to spread this word, okay? So happy September to you. Happy National Suicide Prevention Month and take care.